believe that you can build an amazing life of significance by serving fewer, wealthier clients extremely well. We also believe you can do it faster and with less effort than you ever thought possible. Let us show you how to race up the hierarchy of advisor success. Welcome to the Preeminent Financial Advisor Podcast. Well, a great big welcome to all of you out there. I'm Paul Lofties, co-host of the Preeminent Advisor Podcast and elite strategist for the world's leading coaching and consulting firm for financial advisors, CEG Worldwide. And I'm Kathy McBreen, the other co-host, and I'm the managing principal at CEG Insights, where we do the best research with wealthy investors in the United States. Kathy, we got some great, great research and insight to share with advisors today. Super, super excited about it. But first things first, how much longer till this trip to Europe? Not till going fall. On? I'm getting so excited. <laughs> but we're trying to get through, you know, my daughter has to get a visa and that's kind of a pain in the neck. <laughs> and, you know, there's so many qualifications that you have to have for your kid to go abroad. And it's kind of like, I don't think they ask that many questions when we go abroad or when people come to our country. But anyway, that right now that's my my stress level. <laughs> yeah. Well, we, you know, if, if our listeners mentioned on previous podcasts, we're super excited for you. We know you got one of your kids going overseas, study abroad. You're going to go visit them, go to Italy. Just that's, that's an amazing, amazing trip. We uh, we're planning uh, actually out near your neck of the woods in Colorado yeah. in the next few weeks and just got a recommendation to go through some sort of dinosaur park where I guess oh, you get to look fun. at some look at some fossils and some archaeological stuff so well our weather's getting into the low 70s right now so you're coming at the right time that's that's awesome so we're going to hit red rocks and then apparently one day me and my 12 year old we're going to go look for some dinosaur fossils so that will be that will be exciting all right well let's jump into the topic at hand today Kathy we're going to talk about some of this great research that you've done as a reminder, you've got you know 30 years of experience of leading research on what high net worth investors are thinking, best practices of financial advisors. But today we're going to talk about investor advisor relationships and a reality check. So before we look at the data, Kathy, remind us the context of mm -hmm. this study. Who, who did you talk to? So every month we go out into the field, basically, and we ask investors with more than a million, well, we ask investors with 500,000 to $25 million of assets, what they're feeling, what they're thinking. But for purposes of our podcast, we're concentrating those um, investors with more than a million dollars of assets, of investable assets. So we talk to them on a regular basis. And the um, research that we're going to talk about today really was conducted in um, March of this this year. So it's relatively new and basically just out of the field. And it's really important because it talks about the quality of the relationship between a investor and investor and his or her financial advisor. Yeah. Is and, and I would imagine you saw responses in uh this year that maybe were different than what you've yep. seen in previous years. Yeah, you know, generally people are really happy with their financial advisors, and usually they give them an 80 plus kind of 80% plus, which I would argue it should be 95% plus kind of score. But um, this year, we're seeing things that are a lot lower. And um, I think it's important that we talk a little bit about what's going on and what are what were the responses and, you know, overall, what should we be doing about that, I think? 
Yeah, yeah. So let's, uh, for our listeners that are on the audio feed, or excuse me, the video feed, we're going to put this data up on the screen for you right now. And I'm going to ask Kathy to talk through it. So what we're showing for our listeners who are just listening to the podcast is some of the research findings in the area of asking individuals to describe the quality of their advisor relationship. So how did the client feel? And so Kathy, you know, summarize what, what you're hearing from clients right now. Yeah. And I want to uh, point out to those that can see this chart, we ask them if they, we ask a four point scale and we say, do you agree, disagree, agree completely or agree somewhat? Um, and there's the, Answers that you're seeing on the screen are completely in agree and agree somewhat. And for those of you who can't see it, the thing that I want to point out to everybody is that most of these answers, when you add the two categories, completely agree and agree somewhat together, you get around a 50% or a slightly over 50% kind of rating. Um, these, these ratings should be in the 80s or 90% range when you add the two together as opposed to the 50% range. So that's the most important thing to remember. So Let's let's talk about a couple of them. One of the answers is my advisor understands what's really important to me and my family. That should basically, be like a, that should be like a hundred percent, right? <laughs> right. And basically, it's just over fifty percent that yeah. agree that the, that the advisor understands. They also, you know, my advisor understands what I'm concerned about when it comes to money. Similar, my advisor understands my whole financial picture, just not managing my assets. Again, they're all in the fifty percent range. So. These are really important things that you would think that the financial advisor is supposed to understand exactly what that investor wants and exactly what their family needs. Yeah. So those are some things that I'm primarily worried about. So and, 50 percent, okay. 50% agree, 50% agree, but 50% don't <laughs> <laughs> so, roughly. Yeah. So let, let's just put that into context for the folks that are listening here is the, the latest research of clients with you know a million dollars in investable assets and up is basically saying 50% of them are saying my advisor doesn't really understand what's important to me. Right. And then there's we ask the question, I have a high degree of trust in my advisor. Trust is like the most important thing. And it really only comes up to about 55% that are saying that they trust their advisor. If they can't trust their advisor, that's not a very strong relationship. So that's really critical. Um, and so let's let's put that up with the other things about, you know, the advisor isn't seeing everything that he needs to see. And then the other thing that I want to point out that I thought was really amazing is we asked them, my advisor reaches out to me on a regular basis. Only 50% said that their advisor reaches out to them on a regular basis. That means for 50%, their advisor's not reaching out to them. I think that's just crazy, to be honest yeah. with you. I'd be super interested when somebody says, uh, when somebody disagrees with that, how should that be interpreted? Is is this, what's the definition of my advisors reaching out to me? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we ask people, and for most people, they like to be reached out to on at least quarterly. So a lot of these people are saying that their advisor is not even reaching out to them quarterly. And some people really want to be reached out to monthly. Um, so, you know, that's not a very good reaching out rate, let's call it. Yeah. So based upon this, Paul, what do you think they should do? What do you think advisors should be thinking about? Well, this is a super interesting research and the context that advisors should have overall from what we just saw and talked about in these findings 
is that 50% of the marketplace it really feels strongly about two things. And we're talking about the high net worth clients again. This isn't just <laughs> this isn't just, you know, your $50,000 client. This is high net worth clients. 50% of them are saying my advisor doesn't really understand me. And 50% of them are saying my advisor's really not communicating with me in the way that I want them to. And it almost doesn't matter how you define that because the truth is Kathy the client defines it. Right. <laughs> if right. if they think if they think it should be once uh, a year, if they think it should be 10 times a year, you should advisors should know. So whatever it is, the data is telling us it's that's not connecting. So I think your question is, how do you fix this? How, how does this how does this situation develop where there's such a disconnect? And Kathy, you know, what I have seen over the years, and CG is great at teaching advisors how to do this is the importance of the discovery meeting, the discovery interview to form a total client profile of, of a client. And in this business, what almost everybody is good at is financial fact-finding, financial fact-finding. So, you know, if you're a certified financial planner or CFP, oftentimes you've got a fact-finding deal, but so often that's focused on assets. It's focused on the numbers. It's totally focused on the numbers, Kathy. And so what should it be focused on? Well, what it should be focused on is it should start to incorporate these bigger picture items. And I'm going to get another graph up here for those that are on our visual feed. And this is, this is what I call a total client profile. And when, when you have a total client profile, you're not just looking at the assets, which are just one of seven areas here, Kathy. What you want to understand about your client are what are their values, their goals? What are the most important relationships? Who are the other advisors that they want to work with? You know, we saw in that data, the worst scored question was, do advisors understand my complete picture? Well, for high net worth individuals, that's got to do with their taxes, their estate plan, all of that stuff is tied together. So you, you got to know about the other advisors. Um, so the, the way that you solve this is you build a total client profile where you gather information about the client in these key areas. And it really is different from just traditional fact finding, which is again, so much focused on just the nuts and bolts of the, of the assets and the numbers. This goes much, much deeper and incorporates a much broader set of questions. Are there specific things that you ask? Yeah. So again, at CEG, we, you know, we teach a full interview process that, that really dives into questions in each of these areas. And I'm not going to go over all, I think it's 62 questions. People go, what, 62? That sounds crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, but it's impactful. And when you have a conversation with the client, what they walk away from is saying, wow, nobody's really asked me that. This, this person gets me and is making an effort to get me and to know it. So it's a true, true differentiator. So Kathy, let me give you six of my favorite questions that advisors should be including in their discovery interview. And we'll That's talk- That's a good number. 
yeah, we'll talk through we'll talk through why for each of them. The first one is what is important about money to you? And the reason this question is so important is because different individuals have different frames for how they view the importance of money or you know what it means in their life. So many of them are driven by, we call them family stewards, Kathy, um, which, which means taking care of, of their family. That, that's like their driving force. But then there's others, and I have to admit, I fall into this category, who you know, have had some experience in their life that for them, having assets and having wealth is about independence. It's about financial yeah. freedom. And it's important to ask this question, what's important about money to you? And then to drill down. Well, why is that? Tell me more about that. Because you want to find out what is their underlying frame of how they view money. Because this becomes very important in how we advise them. Mm -hmm. I would have different recommendations, Kathy, for somebody that is an independent and is driven by financial freedom than I do somebody who's driven by uh, being a family steward. That's very interesting. Yeah, caring for grandchildren. You know, Mm -hmm. somebody that's financially independent is going to be much more likely to say, you know, maybe I don't want to give to grandkids, or I don't necessarily care as much about estate planning because in my frame, I got to make sure I'm taking care of my finances so I'm never dependent upon anybody. So you want to get to the bottom of what is somebody's value system as it relates to money? So question number one, what is important about money to you? Second question, tell me about the best and worst money moves that you ever made. What do you think of that question? I think you could get a lot of funny answers. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You'd get a lot a lot of interesting feedback. But the reason it's important, and again, in the context of the research, we have high net worth clients saying, my advisor doesn't understand me. They're not connecting the dots on everything that's important to me. So it's important for us to understand their frame of view of what has worked before in what hasn't worked and why? Because that just, Kathy, that becomes so contextually important in understanding this client and how we would go about advising them or framing any specific recommendation. That's really good. What else? Next up, number three, what relationships are most important to you? So what we're really trying to identify here is, again, their their frame of the world. Who else do they care about? You know, almost everybody's going to say, well, I care about my children. You know, I care about my spouse. But sometimes you find out, you know, I, I care about my brother who had an accident and I'm responsible for caring for him. And Or if they have elderly parents. Exactly, exactly. It's such an important question, again, to give a wealth manager the framing of the relationships that are important in somebody's life. Number four, question is, there's actually a little bit of cheat here, Kathy, because there's more, there's actually this a little bit more than one question buried in this. But if we remember in the context, again, it was my advisor doesn't understand my whole picture. 
it's important we understand who their other advisors are and what they do. So the question is, do you have an attorney? Do you have a tax specialist that you work with, a CPA? So you ask about the other professionals, but you don't just ask, do you have an attorney? You, you then follow it up with, well, tell me what they do for you. And how do you feel about that relationship? So what we're really trying to do is connect the dots on, are they being taken care of in these different areas? And you could ask somebody if they had an attorney and they could say yes. And that could be an attorney that helped them with a, uh, you know, a car accident that they had. Yeah, something 20 <laughs> years ago even, you know? Yeah. So you want to dive deeper. So what does this attorney do for you? How do you feel about the relationship? And, you know, if these are great professionals who are serving your clients well, you want to meet them. You want to see how you could jointly serve together. If these are areas where there's gaps, well, then the research is telling us that the clients are looking for us to provide leadership in that area to connect the dots. Yeah. So and the other thing that you find is that, you know, your life situation can change and have they gone back to these people or not? Yeah. And a role of a financial advisor can be to assist in that. Yeah. Fifth question. How involved do you like to be in the management of your finances? And this is the tee up question to have a conversation about the frequency of communication and how they want to be communicated with, how often they want to be communicated with. Um, do they, you know, if, if, if there's a, a market drop of uh, 3% one day, if that happens, would they appreciate a call? You know, this is the question to tee up that conversation. And again, in the context of the recent research, 50% are saying, my advisor's not really talking to me. It's not contacting me frequently. You need to ask this in the discovery to understand what that cadence needs to be and then stick to it. And then finally, Kathy, one of my favorites, what is your ideal vacation? Okay, why is that? <laughs> when you ask somebody, and this is a real soft, obviously a real soft question, but it really can reveal a lot about someone as far as what they're interested in, what they would like to do. If you kind of take off the constraints and you ask them, hey, if any vacation was possible, what would it really be? And it's just very, very telling. And the other reason I like the vacation question is, you know, we're real big, Kathy, on helping people, helping advisors be leaders to show people what's possible. And one of the things that can happen that can really endear you to your clients is when you find out what their ideal vacation is and you help them, you help them realize that that's possible. So we learn a lot about what's important to them, how they think, what they would like to do. And we also might be able to help them execute on it during the relationship. So those are my, those are my six questions that I'd love to ask as part of the discovery interview. That's great. You know, we're doing some research right now on defining your life of significance. What would be your life of, if you had to define a living your life of significance? And hopefully um, some of those 
some of that research will help out when you're writing the questions that you need to ask your um, investors. I think that that'll be really interesting in the future. Yeah. Well, again, we, we teach at CEG a, a much broader, deeper 62 set of, uh, of questions, and that was just a few of my favorites. But the point is, you want to have a total client profile. It just can't be based upon assets. When you have an understanding of these other areas, it's what really allows you to serve the client. And it's what allows you to get responses on this type of research of 95%. Saying, yeah, hey, it definitely my, builds trust, which is, yeah. I think, one of the most important things. Yeah. In, in conclusion, what I would encourage everybody out there to think about is, again, the data is telling us, it, it's so easy for advisors to say, that, that data doesn't apply to me. That data doesn't apply to me. Well, it probably does. <laughs> it, it, it probably Absolutely. does. Absolutely. And it's better yes. to be safe than sorry, right? Don't you think? Right. I mean, we're supposed to stick to the facts and that's what my job is, is to give you some of the facts and hopefully um, people know how to incorporate them or you can teach them how to incorporate those facts. Yeah. So this is the one thing I would encourage advisors to think about doing is to, in, in this environment, to do a rediscovery interview. And that is to go back out to your current clients in the, the best, the better the client, the, the more important this is to go back out to your best clients and go through a rediscovery interview to get reacquainted and ask these questions to develop a total client profile. I've in, in the 25 plus years I've been in the business, a rediscovery of current clients is both the best strategy to build client loyalty and to drive new revenue that I've ever seen. Because often what happens, Kathy, is you go back and you have these conversations and you find out you actually find out about additional assets or they decide it's a good time to make a referral so rediscoveries are tremendously beneficial and can also be a great business building tool so the data is telling us this is a great time to do this don't you think yeah that's great advice because everything's changed so much in the last few years and everything's kind of rocky um right now I think that is a great time to re-ask re these questions. And, you know, things change in five years. You know, five years you may, five years from now, I might have grandchildren, you know, <laughs> and that'll make a difference. Yeah. So let's sum this up. You, you sum up the research findings for us. So the research is telling you, you need to be more proactive. You need to be reaching out. And a lot of investors are feeling like, the advisor doesn't really understand them or isn't really listening to them. And that makes them not trust them. So those are the key elements of an advisor relationship, being able to trust someone, talk to someone and be proactive about, about communicating. Yeah. And to connect the dots, the application I encourage you to think about doing is go out, have a rediscovery, reconnect with your best clients and make sure you're asking questions just outside of the fact-finding asset questions and investment questions. Drill deeper. Find out about their values. What are the other advisors? Who are the other advisors they're working with? Get that complete total client profile. When you understand your client, it builds loyalty. And an amazing side benefit is it usually creates a tremendous amount of new opportunity as well. So this is a great time for this. Good advice. All right, Kathy. Well, that will wrap us for this episode. Great job. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you next time.
All right. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.